Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Friday, December 20th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host, John DeShazer, and today we will be speaking to ESPN NFL host and co-host of ESPN Radio's Golik and Wingo, Trey Wingo. You can find him on Twitter at Wingos, W-I-N-G-O-Z. And of course, it's Friday, so that means we'll be speaking to our fantasy football analyst, Derek James, and he'll give you some insight as we approach championship weekend. All right, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Trey Wingo. All right, Trey, so I saw on Twitter that you really liked the content of Charles Barkley running to the screen to try to beat Kenny, and I was thinking you guys need to implement that in y'all's radio show and maybe have the Golics try to reach for a snack really quickly or something because I think that would be good content. That's the content I want to see. Well, listen, I, I think that the, the, what, what America is really thirsty for is the idea of a Charles Barkley, Mike Golick sprint to a donut. <laughs> I think that is – and by sprint, I mean slow-motion freeze frame Absolutely. with the two of them because – uh, more chuck for your buck is what a lot of people want, but Golik will be surprisingly fast if there's a powdery, sugary, circular treat involved. Well, I think I think there has to be some some limits to Golik in a suit. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen him in a suit, but you know, Charles always wears a suit, so that has to be you have to have all the variables kind of lined up. Yeah, I think Golik would only do it if he could wear like a Lululemon suit that stands <laughs> with him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think the last time I saw him actually dressed up in some sort of formal attire was at his son's wedding. Wow. Wow. That sounds like me. As a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, you guys seem to have so much fun, fun on set. What's the relationship offset? Because obviously uh, those relationships kind of translate to the air. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because, like, we've done this show for a couple of years now, but I've known Mike for over 20 years. And our, we live about a mile and a half apart in the same town. Our kids went through the same public schools together. They went through the same junior football programs together, although his sons are a little older than mine, and they all went on to play college football. So, we, you know, we've done NFL Live together for years, so the relationship between Mike and I was always there. We're just using it in a different format now. Man, you guys have a great relationship, much better than myself and Caroline's. Because I can barely stand oh, I, her. I, I don't want to know. That's your guys' yeah. situation. Let you guys work it out the holidays. Yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna try to figure that out over the holidays. <laughs> now, now we ask you off air uh, what time you have to get up for the show, so we'll 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 leave that out uh, because we understand how how that can be. But you've done it for quite some time. Is your body pretty much attuned to it now? Oh no! Like you know, you, you know how some <laughs> people say when they talk about faith. Faith is something I've yet, the gift I've yet to receive. Yeah, the ability to to figure the sleep portion out is something that I'm still, we're still working on this, for lack of a better term. Trey, let's go ahead and get into some Saints talk. Um, were you surprised at all at the beginning, or now at this point in the season, or are you surprised, I should say, at how well the Saints have done? Or have you just come to expect that out of the Saints because what what Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis have built? Well, you know, it's funny, right? Like before 2017, they missed the playoffs three straight years, if I'm yes. not mistaken. They yes. were eight and eight all three years. And then what did they do? Because they, they had all that, they had a lot of dead cap money, so which sort of hamstrung them. So basically, in those situations, you have to start hitting on all your draft picks and hope that all your free agents sign and they all pan out and they don't have a bunch of injuries. And that's sort of what they did. I mean, going back to that 2017 draft, my God, across the board, yeah. uh, they hit home run after home run, and they got the right free agents at the right time. 
and, and it's just whether whether we're talking about Kamara or Ramchek or the guys in the in the secondary, uh, you know, Lattimore. Uh, it's just been amazing, and, and so they've done that. Now, obviously, the the, the big injuries a couple weeks ago to Sheldon Rankins and Marcus Davenport are problematic. But uh, no, I look. They've always had a really good game plan. It's just that they were trying to they had to get themselves out of salary cap hell for a while, uh, and they did. And now they're listen. You could make an argument outside of two of the most ridiculously crazy, unbelievable finishes of the playoff game. We're talking about one of the most dominant stretches in three years over the league in recent memory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trey, how fun is it to watch the league, I guess, this season? Now, we've seen just about uh, something for everybody. You've got Lamar Jackson, who's doing unheard of things. You've got, um, you know, you've got New England. You know, the nuance in New England is, you know, the, the ship is crashing, and yet that's an 11-3 and team. So, so yeah. they don't seem to have fallen off all that much. And then you've got, you know, what's happening with San Francisco, which is one of the great renaissances uh, team that came in here and, and laid 48 on the Saints. And then you've got the Saints who lost Drew Brees for for five weeks and were, went 5-0 and without him, uh, one of the, the underrated stories of the season. How, how fun has it to, been to follow the league this season? Well, look, it's been great. Let's just let's just start with the NFC, right? We have four teams that are eleven and three, and one of those teams is going to be a five seed in the playoffs. That's where, crazy. Where it's all said and done, <laughs> whether it's San Francisco or Seattle, which is nuts. And we literally could conceivably have a situation where we have a thirteen and three team uh, playing a eight and eight team, and the eight and eight team is going to is going to be the home game for the playoffs if the Cowboys or Eagles finish off at eight and eight. And uh, you know the 49ers or or, or Seahawks don't win that division, so uh, or, or at least 12. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be insane. So that's been fun. The NFC alone has been a titanic juggernaut. I mean, we're talking outside of the NFC East. We're talking about you know 10 and four teams uh, in Minnesota that has yet to clinch a playoff spot. Exactly. Two weeks ago, uh, and then you have the AFC, where lo- clearly what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are doing is remarkable. Uh, they are. They are, to me, the, the most complete team in football right now. And then you have, you mentioned the specter of New England, because I think that's the best way to describe it, right? I, yes. I think we all want to believe that New England is lesser, but it's like, until I see the toe tag on the body, I'm mm-hmm. not believing it. You know, I, exactly. I need to know they've been officially confirmed to dead by 17 coroners before <laughs> I realize that that's, that is not the case. And then we have, quite frankly, the team that I think may be the toughest out in the entire conference which is the the chiefs with patrick mahomes and a defense that has been on an unholy roll the last four weeks and if that defense just plays marginal i think the chiefs are going to be the toughest out for anybody i don't disagree who who would would be your most ideal matchup to see in the super bowl trey well there's a couple of them right i mean like I, I think we saw that san francisco baltimore game a few weeks ago yeah. and i think a lot of us will sign up for that again but, my God, outside of the, the Cleveland Browns in the mid-'80s who lost uh, two AFC championship games in back-to-back ways with the drive by John Elway in overtime and then the, the fumble by uh, Ernest Biner as he was running into the end zone and uh, uh, Jeremiah Castillo, the Denver Broncos, tripped it away as he was going in for the game-winning score, there haven't been, in my memory, two back-to-back heartbreaking losses in the postseason than what we've seen from New Orleans over the last few years. And it would be somewhat just, right, in a year where they did have to go five games with their backup quarterback, in which they went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater, that somehow, someway, the Saints found their way back to the big stage. Uh, so, to me, there are two ideal matchups. I would love to see either the Niners or the Ravens, 
Are there something about the idea of the Saints and Drew Brees against Mahomes and the Chiefs that I think would be absolutely fascinating? Trey, were you at all surprised with the Saints bounce back? I mean, you know, you mentioned the two horrible endings, uh, back-to-back seasons, and a lot of the thought process coming into this season was whether or not the Saints would have a hangover, whether they'd be able to recover, and they kept saying in the offseason, we'll be fine, we're fine, you know, we've let it go. And yet you don't really know if a team has let it go until they actually get into the season. Was there a surprise with the bounce back? Not a surprise, but it, it, it to me is it a testament to who Sean Payton is as a coach, right? I mean, I'll never forget we were doing uh, primetime right after the Minneapolis Miracle uh, game, you know, obviously where Stephon Diggs ran, ran the clock out and the touchdown and time expired. And in the post-game press conference, I'll never forget this, because when coaches are talking to the media, sometimes they're talking to the media, and sometimes they're talking to their players. Mm-hmm. And in his post-game press conference, he was talking about the play Williams made or didn't make on his, and his, on his tackle uh, on Stephon Diggs, which allowed him to run into the end zone. Uh-huh. And you could tell right I mean, to me, that was the essence of coaching. Like, X's and O coaching is one thing, and then managing your players and managing your, your team's moods and your, and your personnel swings is the other part of it. In the post-game press conference, like literally in the raw moments after that game ended, he was already coaching up Williams, saying he had a great year for us, you know, he's going to be fine, blah, blah. I mean, that to me is, is so special, and the idea that in that moment, when he wasn't even talking to his team, he was talking to one of his players through the media. Uh, I mean, that, that to me told me everything I already knew about Sean Payton as a coach. So it, it, it's not surprising, but it is a testament to just how good of a coach he is. And that's why I think he's going to be coach of the year. As the Saints, excuse me, as the Saints approach this Tennessee Titans game on Sunday, of course, it's not a cakewalk uh, to end the season. You have the Titans and the Panthers who both have something to prove. Uh, What have you thought about the Tennessee Titans and what they've been able to do, especially with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry this year? Well, look, Tannehill is fascinating, right? He took over week seven and six week seven. uh, They only have two losses. They've basically doubled their point total per game. And they went from one of the least efficient teams in the red zone to the most efficient team in the red zone in terms of scoring uh, touchdowns when they get down there. He's been a remarkable, a remarkable, it was the, it was the coaching move of the year. Mike Vrabel's not going to be the coach of the year, but the idea that he made the switch from Marcus Mariota uh, to Ryan Tannehill to me was the coaching move of the year. Here's how the Saints beat the, the Titans. Force them to kick field goals. They are the worst field goal kicking team in about 25 years in the National Football League. They are making 44% of their field goals, and they're on their fourth kicker right now. So just force them to kick field goals, and you guys will win by 30. Trey, what is Derrick Henry? I mean, is he the Loch Ness Monster? What a is this dude? He's, <laughs> he's a refrigerator with arms is what he is. I mean, if you want to have a really good laugh, go look at a photo of Derrick Henry next to his teammate Dion Lewis. And they both play the same position. And it looks like Derrick Henry is bringing his son to a football game. Yeah, we saw him son Mark Mark Ingram from here at, at an at an Alabama football game. I think yeah. it might have been the national championship game or, or whatever it was. And he was standing next to Mark Ingram. And Mark is not a small guy. And Mark looked like yeah. like knee high to to nothing against against Henry. So we don't see guys that size uh, at all in the NFL playing that position anymore. No, and the other thing that's great statistically, if you want to try and put a number on how good he is, uh, if you just took his 
second half rushing total, I think from week nine or ten on, I, I can't remember which week it is, he'd still be the leading rusher in the league, which tells you that what you do with that big body is you sort of use it as a battering ram in the first half, and in the second half, people are making business decisions, man, whether get in front of that guy. Cause, <laughs> yeah, let's say you give him two or three steps. I, I, some of my favorite highlights of the entire year have been people trying to, to arm tackle uh, Derrick Henry in the second half, and he's like, please, I'm swatting a fly. Get away from me. I have places I need to go. It's really quite comical. Well, Trey, we appreciate your time. We'll let you go, and uh, good luck on everything you have going on on ESPN, and we look forward to uh, the Saints game this week on Sunday. You got it, guys. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Trey. It's now time for Fantasy Football Friday with our own Derek James. Derek, first of all, happy holidays. How are you? I'm doing well, Caroline. How about you? Good. I'm excited. Uh, Christmas week is upon us. I have done all my Christmas shopping, which I know we're, what, like five days away from Christmas mm-hmm. now. And I'm usually, like, the day before Christmas, I'm that person that's, like, waiting in line forever to get my Christmas gifts. But I was ahead of the game this year. Yeah, I'll probably won't be going out. On Saturday sometime, <laughs> maybe Monday. That's my typical MO. I am yep. all about the online shopping nowadays. Yep. If it can be brought to my doorstep, um, I'm good to go. Nice, nice. All right, it's time to get in some fantasy football, of course. Uh, so how did your, your teams do this week? Had a great week um, for the most part. So three leagues, uh, had three semifinal games last week. I won two out of the three. Uh, that one loss, it, it pained me. Uh, Lamar Jackson really killed me. He had 50 points uh, on me, and the uh, New England defense, they put up 20 points. So there's really no way to, to overcome that. But, you know, for the most part, it was a good week. I uh, got two championship games coming up. Uh, my guy, Michael Thomas, stepped up. I needed 28 points, I think, between him and Will Lutz going into Monday night, and they got it at halftime. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, of course. The Of course, those two guys are good guys to have on your roster, especially if you're a Saints fan. Uh, how do you feel about this playoff format? Because, you know, this is my first time actually paying attention to it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two weeks in the first round and then two weeks in the final round. How do you feel about that? Do you like it? Do you wish they did something else? Um, I – I tend to prefer just the standard. If you're in a 12-team league, I like to have a, a six-team playoff where uh, you have two teams that have a bye week. Mm-hmm. So the, the playoffs will span weeks 14, 15, and 16. You want to have everything wrapped up before week 17 because yeah. you got the risk of starters not playing and stuff like that. But, yeah, I like I like the six-team format. I think, it's, I think it's fair. I feel like I'm – I don't want to say losing interest, but I feel like as – like I said, when I started this this podcast with you, it's like another thing that you have to pay attention to. You know, we already have so much on our plate. So mm-hmm. it's another thing for me to pay attention to. And then especially when you're getting to the holiday season, you're like, all right, now I have gifts to worry about. I have New Year's resolutions to worry about. So it's just like another thing that you have to pay attention to. But now that I'm winning, I'm fine with paying <laughs> yeah, attention it's a lot, to it. It's a lot more fun when you're winning. <laughs> winning That's solves sure. everything. Yep. All right, Derek, who are your starting players this week? Uh, the first guy I want to talk about today is Jameis Winston. Uh, so he is. Ooh, that's a surprise. Yeah, I would I would call him my start of the week. So uh, this week he's going up against Houston. Houston's given up the third most fantasy football points to quarterbacks this year. Jameis, over the last couple of weeks, he's had 450 plus yards and four touchdowns. In fact, he's the first quarterback in league history to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is on pace for 5,200 passing yards this this year, which would be fourth most in NFL history. Uh, he's a guy that he throws a lot of interceptions, so yeah. he's not very highly regarded as a as an overall NFL quarterback. In fact, I think he's going to become the first quarterback 
in NFL history to have 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same year. Goodness gracious. But from a fantasy football perspective, he is he is gold. Can I ask you your hot take real quick on Jameis Winston? Do you think the Bucks take him back next year? Uh, I think I think you have to only because the alternatives might not be right. that that Grass attractive. Grass isn't always greener. Exactly. Mm. So Bruce Arians, you know, he's he's coming he's coming around. James is coming around. Okay. You know? So there's potential there. All right. Thank you for your hot take. Continue yep. with your stardoms. <laughs> no problem. So uh, I want to talk about his receiver next. Uh, so Rashad Perriman is being inserted as their number one receiver because of the injuries to Chris right. Godwin and Mike Evans. Last week he had five catches for 113 yards and three touchdowns against Detroit. They have that same great matchup against Houston I just talked about. Uh, his target share the last few weeks has been consistent. Um, and like I said, Jameis Winston is, is really be, – he's becoming a fantasy football star. He's going to have put up a lot of yardage. So I think Perriman will benefit, be a benefactor of that. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about is DeAndre Washington with the Oakland Raiders. He's only 37% owned. Uh, he's going up against the L.A. Chargers defense, which has given up the 12th most fantasy football points to running backs. Uh, rookie sensation Josh Jacobs is out, so Washington's going to be the guy for them. Uh, he sh- could be a good volume play for you if you're in desperate need of a flex play. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of surprised with uh, the both L.A. teams and the Chargers and Rams and how they're doing this year. After seeing the Rams last year, I really expected them to kind of come back with a vengeance, especially with how they performed in the Super Bowl. I expected them to be as good, if not better, than they were last year. But Yeah, I think there's something to the Super Bowl hangover, especially with mm-hmm. the losing team. Yeah. So um, I, I can't say I'm that, that surprised and not exactly heartbroken by it. <laughs> yeah, me either. All right, speaking of Super Bowl, who are your sit-em players this week? Uh, that's, that's a great transition. <laughs> so speaking of Super Bowl, so Tom Brady, um, he is – the man, Tom yeah. Brady's the man. He's, he's there in position to possibly go to the Super Bowl again, but he's been struggling for, as a fantasy football quarterback. As a, um, I'm not going to say as a quarterback overall because his team is winning, right? But he's had back-to-back games with fewer than 15 fantasy points and has gone under 170 yards each of the last two weeks. We saw, despite having a couple of decent matchup matchups. The Bills are giving up the second fewest fantasy football points to quarterbacks, and that's who he's facing this week. So if you're a guy that Somehow got to the fantasy, the championship game with Brady. Hmm. I would I would go ahead and sit him this week. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, last but certainly not least, who are your sleeper players this week? Uh, one guy I want to point out as a sleeper is Anthony Miller, wide receiver with the Chicago Bears, who's only forty two percent owned. Hmm. Kansas City has given up the second fewest fantasy football points to quarterbacks, but. Chicago could be playing from behind a lot in this game, and I think the Chiefs are going to probably key in on Allen Robertson. Uh, the thing about Miller is he's averaging over 10 targets per game since week 11, and he's had double-digit fantasy points for five straight weeks now. He's, and lastly, I, I also note that he has had nine catches for over 100 yards for two of the last three weeks. So he is really on a tear, kind of quietly going about his business as a top-tier fantasy receiver. And at only 42% owned, you definitely should go out and grab him if you can. All right, Derek, before we head into championship weekend, any last advice for you? Yeah, the last advice I want to give, it's not the most sexy thing to talk about, but fantasy football kickers and defenses. Hmm. This is the week you really need to put a lot of thought into that because that those you're probably going to be in a close game and those two or three points are going to matter. So Obviously, when you're talking about kickers, you want to have a kicker that's on a good offense. But don't be afraid to look for a kicker that's on a bad team going up against a bad team. Hmm. Because what you're going to find is those teams move the ball, but they're struggling in the red zone. So look at a guy like Jason Sanders. He's uh, Miami's kicker. 
going up against Cincinnati this week. Back in last week against the Giants, he had nine points. He played the Jets, another bad team, back in week 14. They had, he had 24 points wow. as a kicker. And then the week before that, he played against the Eagles, and he had 13 points. So he's going against the Bengals this week. He, he could find himself kicking a lot of field goals, and that could, that could get you over the top. Um, and the last thing, thing I'll point out is defenses. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Coast defense. They're going against Carolina at home. Carolina is starting a rookie quarterback for the first time uh, in Will Greer on the road. Wow. So the Colts could – could get a couple pick sixes in there. So, you know, some type of mistakes, turnover, sacks, that, that could get you over the edge on championship week. Yeah, absolutely. Those those final two or three points could definitely make a big difference uh, as you're approaching this weekend. All right, Derek, as always, we appreciate your time. We will come back next week to do a final uh, you know episode of Fantasy Football Fridays. And we, of course, have to let everyone know who has to bring who breakfast because mm-hmm. we know there's a lot on the line. Uh, Derek, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Caroline. Appreciate it. Good luck. All right, thanks to Trey Wingo and Derek James for their insight. That'll do it for today's show. But, of course, today's show was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing, but with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek score the best deals on tickets. All right, that'll do it for our Friday edition. Make sure you tune into the pregame show with John DeShazer ahead of the Tennessee Titans game. That'll be around 10 a.m. Central. You can tune on tune in on the Saints app or NewOrleansSaints.com. And Mike Hassana and I will have your postgame coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app with the live press conferences of Coach Peyton and Drew Brees. As always, make sure you have the Saints app so you are getting up-to-date knowledge of everything going on with the New Orleans Saints, including injury reports, stats, highlights, and much, much more. Thanks for joining us on the Friday edition, and we'll tune back in on Monday.